Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Um, yeah, so. All right. Well, after some technical issues, <laughs> figuring it all out, we finally realized. Welcome to Old Hollywood Realness. <laughs> yep, the only podcast dedicated to celebrating all the glitter and glamour that the Hollywood machine can produce. Indeed. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you. How have you been, Kathleen? Pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. So, we watched Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Yes. Which was an interesting movie. It was. Sort of a celebration into our own um, uh, move and uh, transfer into the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I moved to Seattle in August, and you moved to Portland. Yep. I moved to Portland in May. Yeah. yeah. So, we're brand new to the Pacific Northwest, so yes. why not just jump in? Exactly. a movie about seven lonesome dudes looking yep. for love. In the mountains of Oregon. Yep, and the Oregon Territory, cir- ter- territory circa 1850. That's right, 1850. <laughs> That's, this movie was interesting. Have you seen this movie before? I have, yeah. I had seen it um, a few times as a kid, and um, a couple of times even in the last couple of years, um, which was very interesting, and that's why I thought it would be really great for us to discuss, because it's one of those movies that... Um, you can definitely see very differently as an adult and see very differently as an adult in 2016 versus 1954 when this movie was made. <laughs> so I remember this movie, for some reason this movie must have been lumped in with some weird Rodgers and Hammerstein box set that my stepmom bought at one point. Interesting. I don't know if she bought a Rodgers and Hammerstein box set, but it was definitely included in there. So, And I just remember huh. seeing it and just being like, this movie was weird. I was probably like a preteen, maybe 13 at the time when I first huh. saw this movie. So Maybe that it was, was the, my... like the Howard Keel collection, because he was in Oklahoma, which is Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah, I did. I mean, it was a weird, <laughs> yeah, it was a weird set, because it definitely had, it had The King and I, and it had, I want to say it had it had Oklahoma, and it had Seven Brides or Seven Brothers, which I think was completely unrelated to this. I don't know. Anyway, so that was my first nice. experience. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's just jump right in. Awesome. It. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so you had a quick you had a quick synopsis because Ryan, my fiance, had asked what this movie was about when he came home while we were watching it. So you had a pretty good synopsis. Yeah. So it was like, let's briefly breathe through it, then we can get through yeah. talk talk about the fish. Well, I, you know, and I, I like to say my, my nickname for this movie is Seven Brides for Seven Stockholm Syndrome because um, that actually, the name for Stockholm Syndrome didn't even exist until um, maybe about 30 years after this movie was made. But not until Patty Hearst, right? <laughs> not until Patty Hearst, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I believe something that happened in Stockholm, Sweden around that same time that was like a hijacking sure and like something. basically like people falling in love with their captors. Yeah. But um, the gist of this is about um, seven brothers who live up in uh, the Oregon territory, like up in the mountains, mm-hmm. who decide one day that they need wives. And so but first the, the, yes. the main brother who's sort of the like oldest, the oldest brother who's sort of the de facto man of the family yes. comes home with a bride. 
Which was hilarious. Right. And so he, so he literally, like, the, the, the whole movie opens up with these sweeping shots of Oregon and, and the woods and this guy in buckskin, like, in his cart going down into town and he's, like, gonna buy provisions. And then he, he literally asks the same person he's gonna buy food and food from, hey, do you know where I can get me a bride? Do you sell some of those? And she's like, bitch, no, uh, what are you saying? Like, you just don't buy them yeah. like you'd buy a, some sugar. Yeah, and he's a, like, what do you mean? You know? And he's like, well, I'm going to find me one. I'm sure that they're around here somewhere. And um, he ends up singing about it because there's a lot of spontaneous singing in this movie and um, goes yeah. to some kind of a boarding house and ends up, or actually before that, he, he literally sees this, small blonde woman who is chopping wood and and there must have been like an instant fall in love situation he's literally thinking you know what i want is just a really cute chick who can be really tough yeah so yeah um, so they right so he just like goes to the boarding house sees this chick and immediately asks her to marry her and she which we'll get into the details later yeah basically what she immediately accepts oh right and there's a whole like love at first sight situation that happens you know like you're just like she literally, he's like, you, you, it's after six words of conversation yeah. in the inn. Oh, and good inn, food. Remember, good he, food, he eats right. her food. And yeah. she's like, you know, and, and, and he's, she's like, oh, is this good? He's yeah. like, it's great. And he, you can already tell he's got Marion eyes. Yeah, and then she's milking a cow, and he's just like, hey, you know how you serve me food in there? How about we get married? And she literally was like, well, I've got to finish my chores. That was her answer. Was, yeah. Well, i got to finish my chores first, which I thought was. <laughs> that she's just like, well, I got things to do first yeah. before we get into this Marion shit. Let's yeah, let's she's get like, my chores sounds done. like a plan, but you know, I I don't like to leave anything unfinished. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and 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 literally the next shot is of her leaving town on his wagon, and the other guys going ah shucks, another another woman left, yeah. and and there is even like a a quote of of like there's a guy at some point saying like. There's a sort of a ten to one ratio of men to women, and so good luck on finding these seven women that you need for you and your brothers. And he he leaves not you know shortly after with one. Yeah, he's one seventh of the way done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So check. And and they're and they're going up to the mountains, going up to his his I would say a compound at this point. And uh, and and she's actually pretty stoked. She's like, wow, this is really really great. Like I came out to Oregon. I don't have any family, anyone around me. I've got, I've got my Bible because that's what people this movie had. Has like a lot of, a lot, lot of, of biblical, lot of biblical overtones. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it was a, not uncomfortable, but it was like, okay, you're yeah, being pretty. Obvious. It was a little Bible-y. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, cool, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, but it was also very misogynistic as well. Oh, it was super. Like, let's just take all the misogyny in the Bible and let's apply it to this one movie. Yep. Which is, <laughs> in a lot of ways probably in some way true to life in, in a yeah. lot of respects for this. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're going up into the mountains and at some point they stop and, and she, she's just like, Oh my God. She does the total woman freak out of like, Oh my God, I got married. This is great. Everything's going to be awesome. I'm so glad to be away from all these dudes and the hustle and bustle of the city. It's going to be great and calm. And then we realize, Oh wait, he hasn't told her about the six other animals that she's going to have to live with. And um, that whole situation, and you can see yeah. he's already getting nervous. But then he's like, ah, you know, and they, he brings her back. My favorite part, and, not to derail, but no. my favorite part about that part, the whole like riding up to the country when they were in the car, they were in the the buggy or whatever it is, and he's she's just like, you know, because 
I always imagined a family and we, you know, it's a nice place to raise our kids. And then she looks and she's like, uh oh, I probably shouldn't have brought it. It was like, it literally felt like she was on the first date with this guy and she mentioned that she wanted kids, but she wasn't sure if he wanted kids. So she kind of had to like play it cool where she's like, play it cool, play it cool. I don't want to scare this guy off. I'm like, bitch, you just got married. You can yeah. say whatever the yeah, fuck you want. Yeah, it's okay if you got baby yeah. fever. Yeah. Clearly that's what that go with. It, it felt like such that moment that you see in like all the rom coms where you're like, I want a baby. And I want it now. And then the guy's like, peace ah! out. It was like such a, it was one of those moments where I'm like, you girl, you you just got married. You can say whatever you need to say. I'm like, you can just be like, I didn't have a kid. Fuck your kid. Fuck your kid. But yeah, so that I had to definitely had that saw that moment. I was like, lady, it's too late for it's too late for you to start pretending you're a different person. <laughs> and he seems to not care at all. He's just totally stoked to have somebody who can cook food. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, there's literally comments being made about, like, oh, she's got a strong back, and she can do these things, and, you know, I need a... And, and in a way, he's, it, it kind of, he kind of has a point in a sense of, like, I need a strong woman. If you're going to live out in the woods and, like, live out in this crazy... Like, I do need a woman that is actually going to be strong and be able to do all these things, but the misogyny that sort of laced over it kind of can be quite distracting. Yeah. But the core of the message is actually, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, it's a strong environment. I need a strong woman. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So they get to the, they get to the, they get to the farm as it is. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Hey, BTW. There's yeah. six other dudes here that we apparently have to take care of because they're incapable of caring for yes. themselves. Yeah, and they literally show up one by one, and you see the look of horror just increase on her face because yes. at first she's like, "Yay, it's just you and me. This is awesome. No more dudes that I have yeah. to cook for." Oh, and by then, the way, I guess we should probably start with saying that the main dude is Howard Keel. Oh, the main dude and is the Howard Keel. Main lady is Jane Powell. Jane Powell. Yes, so. both big. Uh, very popular musical people in their time. Um, He had a very deep voice and was in a lot of major musicals at the time. Big, tall, handsome. I mean, the man was 6'4". Yeah, we Googled it. (laughs) Yeah, we Googled it because, I mean, there were times where, like, Jesus Christ, he's clearly head and shoulders above everyone in there and looks amazing. And she's a wee And she is wee. And and what I would call a warbler. She's she's quite the warbler in the way she sings. It's very, like, soprano-like and very... Operatic, operatic, and, and, and singing, very feminine. There's a lot. I, there's some. Some of those movies do that. And a lot older movies, some even older than this, like in the 30s and 40s, do that. Where there's that woman, and she's very operatic and sings like warbly and soprano. It's tough. It is. Tough. It can be a bit grating, and I think it's, that it's it's, a, it's definitely from an era that if you're not used to it, it can yeah. it's a little jarring. I think that it was mm-hmm. this very specific type of music that people yeah. tended to like, which yeah. I. I'm dubious about to be, to say the least where I'm just like, I don't think people yeah. really like this. I think one person liked it and that person was in charge. Yeah, I think so too, <laughs> for sure. But that being said, she was, she was really fantastic in a sense that she really held her own. I mean, there was a lot of, she had, she, for being as tiny as she was, she had to act big. Yeah. And there were times like you saw her slinging an ax, slinging food, Milk throwing a, a fucking table. Oh yeah. That's oh right. my goodness. Oh my God. She did a lot of yeah, shit that was so, like, 
she looked tough. That like, was so funny. You know. So basically, she gets to the thing. She meets all the brothers. She has that come to Jesus moment where she's like, well, let's make the best of right. bad, bad situation. She cooks dinner for them. They all come down. They, they're animals. Straight they're up, like, fucking they, animals. Oh, and then when she first arrives uh, and all the brothers broke. see her, they all are staring at her <laughs> like they are messed out and they are looking for a fix because they yes. are just like beyond like wolf eyes. And they're just like, oh, it's pretty creepy. Woman. And yeah. it's so scary. I'm just like, oh, yeah. I think they're going to tear her apart. And at that point, I mean, they all pretty much look like Hans Klopek from the Burbs. Like they all had that really creepy, gingy, weird look with the beards yeah. and like, and just staring at her and you're kind of filthy. Yeah. And so like they literally, and even one of them is like, I've never seen a woman before. <laughs> what? It's, okay. Yeah, we're getting into yep. a little bit like just released with prison situation. Yes. Here. Um, so <laughs> then she like ends up just like, fuck it. I'll clean the house. Yep. Fuck it. I'll clean the meat. I'll do the meal for them and blah, blah, all that stuff. So she makes the meal. They all come to dinner and they are straight up animals on this table. Going oh, to town on her meal. Nasty. Just like ruining everything. And then she straight up Teresa Guida style. Oh, yeah. Picks the table up She's and like, flips She's like, if you're going to eat like this, then fuck you. Straight up New Jersey Housewives <laughs> season one. Flips that table and just it like, fucking great. And it's great because they're such animals that it falls on one side of them and then the other side of them are just growing out laughing at them. Like there's constant bullying from these guys. So, like, yeah, like everything they do is amusing them. to them. Yeah. Like, ah, he got punched in the face. Ha <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that is wow. funny that this family just seems to think the family was like, Oh, fighting this like full scale fist fighting. They're just full like, scale. This is normal, and yeah. this is, and we we should not bother to stop it. It yep. was just sort of like it was the equivalent of like watching TV yeah. back then. They're they were like, just like, eh, well, we're bored. Guess we better punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Oh, and back to the whole Bible thing. So all of these seven brothers are all named after biblical names, yep. quote unquote, alphabetically, alphabetically yeah. from the Bible, but. <laughs> <laughs> when they got to the letter F, they couldn't find an F name, so she, the mother literally picked an F word out of the Bible, which was frankincense, yeah. and then named her for a son Frank, or Francis as they like to call him, and then he would promptly want to kick it from yeah, the Yeah, he was not having that, which I thought was hilarious. It was but, like a trigger word. So all of the, all of the guys were... Um, so all the brothers were all redheads, which I had read, I read it somewhere on IMDb in the trivia section that they did that to de differentiate them from the other cast members to make sure that you knew who was in charge of this movie. And I was just like, at some point when they were, when it was just all the guys on screen at one point, I was just like, you can literally smell the henna. It yeah. is so red. It is so, so red. fake. It looked like it looked like a cast of like I Love Lucy's being played guy guys. It was so <laughs> red. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> they were all red. At one point, they all have beards and they all have some weird fake tan. <laughs> so because they're bizarre. they're very weirdly tanned for being gingies, which is well, a they little were outdoors. Odd. I mean, and yeah, I'm sure it was and maybe that was what California they were trying to say. But yeah, and that was the other thing I noticed, like, when I mentioned you, like, halfway through the movie, I realized, also, they're the only men in the whole thing who are not wearing hats. So again, yeah. there's, like, there's these different sort of deliberate ways that they try to make them distinctive above everyone else. Yeah. And I think that, I, I think I even mentioned, when you mentioned that during when you were watching it, I was like, I think that, too, is just, like, they wanted to make sure, because I think that they were, like, worried that you weren't going to be able to see who they were, because there were yeah. so many guys, and there were there so were many people on, there was a lot of people on on yeah. the screen at any given time. Yeah. There's like a just a melee of people. And yeah. then um 
So they just, I think they chose that to just be like, here's the marker, follow the red hair, and you could follow the action. <laughs> <laughs> it was like literally like arrows over the people. Be like, These are the people you need to care about. The rest of them, no. <laughs> we'll put hats on them. We'll make them dark hair. We'll just put the, like make them like innocuous and blend in with the furniture. Um, it was good, though. I mean, yeah. like, and, and like you said, like even those scenes, they were so physical. And um, we learned that. Um, one of the brothers in there, his name um, is played by a guy named Russ Tamblin, who um, he plays uh, the G Gideon. Gideon, he right? Gideon. He plays he plays the G word. Um, the G word. Uh, <laughs> the, <G-word laughs> uh, the OG. Uh, <laughs> the G name. Um, but he actually apparently was a, like a dancer and choreography a choreographer, and he choreographed all these dances that they did. And they there are these amazing like group scene dances mm-hmm. that are so physical and there's so much like twirling and just being picked up and, and there's, they're just, they're really, really fun to watch. Actually. And then there's also like, there's also another actor as well. His name is Jacques Dambois, which I think is the <laughs> most amazing man ever. He played Ephraim, which doesn't get a lot of screen time and he's not a lot of actor, but they definitely used him as a dancer because he's yeah. on loan from the New York city ballet, which they even referenced in the, in the, in the credits, credits, which I thought was yeah. really cool and interesting to see, but it's just there is. I think I think he was definitely stood out as one of the one of the dancers because when they when when uh, June when June knew, uh, Jesus Jane Powell, whose name is Millie, first shows up and they're all like losing their shit over her. They run. One guy runs up to the porch, literally like a dancer, like, <laughs> like he has that posture. It's a posture where he runs and it's like it literally like prancing across. You know how you go to yes. like, you've seen it all on like MTV with yes. ballet dancers who run across the stage. That's literally what he did up to the, yes. the porch. Full beard, full 1860s yeah. prospector minor like dirty yep. face, all grizzled up, but like but still running with that beautiful as a gazelle. And all the other guys are like clearly like they're really good dancers, but they're more like hoofers, yeah. I would say, he like the Wando like, hoofers. And he was out. he just floated across the yeah. screen. I think I um, to see him, there's one scene where it's like, well, later on in the movie, but where they're all dancing with the axes and everything, and he oh, he yeah. literally dances with an axe. <laughs> Ballet stuff. <laughs> it's oh, it's delicious. Please watch. Oh that. yeah. So yeah. So basically, the whole thing is it's like she Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. they basic. She basically bells them like beast style. So she's like, yeah. let me clean y'all up. Yeah. And get you together, and then yeah. we'll go. We'll go a courting as yeah. one of the songs that she sings. Yep. She even which, sings. She she sort of like romances them into that. Like you know, yeah. if you and and it's great because even like the next morning. Um, there's a whole thing where, you know, they wake up and, and, you know, they're all in their long johns. Like, Come on. <laughs> and they're like, hey, yeah, like, we're about bridges. We're on the things. Truth be told. <laughs> long johns, kind of hot. Um, kind of hot. And even in 1954, they really did not know, which made it even better. It was, it was quite good. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> then they're like, oh, hey, wait a minute. We can't find our clothes. And, but then they're like, but we smell breakfast, but we can't find our clothes. We're so conflicted. What are we going to do? And Millie's on the other side of the door and she's like, hey, y'all, I got your clothes and I just made breakfast. Um, but I need your long johns because you're not going to get breakfast until I get to wash all your clothes because you're gross. <laughs> and they're like, well, you're not getting in here. And she goes to push the door open and literally six dudes just close it on her. 
in terror. And uh, so it's just like next this. shot is them sitting there having breakfast uh, with nothing on in, in blanket. blanket. <laughs> and one dude walks by, and that blanket is half <laughs> short. I was like, he's it's wrapped around his shoulders, and it's like he got the baby blanket. Straight up, it's like it's like straight up like when it's like when um it's like when Dorothy's Warnock's husband used to wear her robe. It was oh, like God. way too short, yes. and it's like that's a lot of thigh, honey. Yeah, like, don't and, cross your legs. And oh, wait, naked. Baby. And naked. Yeah, we know what's going on under there, and there's that that blanket left very oh. little for the imagination. So it was definitely I was like, good God. God, so, that was um, hilarious. Oh, yeah, and she makes some shade, and so, some like, shade and they all... yeah, it was great. Like, the next scene, they're, like, in clean clothes, and they're shaved, and, like, you realize that I'd say at least two-thirds were pretty fucking good-looking. Mm-hmm. And then she starts telling them about Corton, yeah. and Al, like, you know, like, swing, this, this, swing. Is, this is your in. You guys want a lady? Like, you gotta be like this, and you can't be gross, and you can't be an animal, <laughs> and it's actually really great. And she's like, you know what? There's gonna be, like, a bar raisin party. Because apparently that's how people party back in the Oregon Territory when they shit to do. do. I like the idea of, like, it's a party. Let's do work. Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) nothing says party more than manual labor. labor, (laughs) Really, you know. And so so that's what they end up going to. And it's just funny. And she gives them, and there's a shot. They're all lined up. And they're all wearing, I would say, matching shirts. They're wearing the same kind of shirt. And they have these bib fronts on them. Those like, and they're all a different color, but each and each bib's a different shape. Yeah. So it's like there's a harmony, but, but you can tell they're all different. Yeah. That scene was like, that whole scene leading up, or that whole scene precedes, I guess whatever the proper term is for after. So the whole scene, that scene, and then afterward, mm-hmm. I actually because there's they go to the barn raising, they're all wearing their sort of like their individual but uniform shirt in, yeah. in, in bright Technicolor colors. Yeah. Like, all very yeah. bright, very And before that, they were not wearing color saturated. at all. They were, yeah. like, very... There was a lot of, like, darkness, but a lot of textures, too. Yeah. Like, they weren't... And that's what's kind of the great thing about the men's costumes in this. Like, they're not... They actually tried, even though it's Hollywood, even though it's, you know, a musical, really like, bad. they really did try to give it a bit of grittiness and, like, texture mm-hmm. and, like, the mix and match of the clothes and the color. It, it feels rugged, you know? And so they go to the barn raising party, and that's where they first meet. That's when they meet the other the other ladies that they would go court and who would eventually become their wives. But you notice that there's definitely a correlation between the wardrobe of the, uh, the brothers and the wardrobe of the bride. Yes. It's very... Yes. It's very rich tones, very primary, not primary, but they're very, like, saturated colors, very, like, theat- it looked In some ways, they're literally the only ones very, in colors and yeah. monochrome, because, yeah. like, if you ever saw any people, even in the background, like, I noticed, like, there was an older lady, and she had, like, more of, like, a brown calico yeah. print, and then even Millie, Millie's in this, like, white with red, red yeah. and, you know, and very, and, and they put her in a lot of white again. It was oversized. I actually wrote that down because I said she looked like a, she looked like a fancy picnic because she yeah. was in oversized red gingham with yes. white, with a white flounced collar. Yes. So that look, I was like, you look like a fancy picnic. Oh yeah. Actually and, my note was I called it full Plunkett because um, Plunkett loves his circle cut ruffles. Yeah. And oh, he did we mention that the costume the designer on this oh, was Walter God, Plunkett? I yes. feel like we, oh. we should not glaze over that. Yes. So Walter Plunkett, very famous and prolific costume designer from, yes. the, from the I want to say from the late 40s or early 50s era he's kind of 30s he, was, he, he worked because in Gone with back. the Wind oh, was right. in the late 30s so I, I would say 30s through the 50s was really his but heyday. he was like that he was the costume designer with, for that for that studio and I wish I knew which MGM MG, not MGM that was Adrian he was Universal was it, was it Universal I, we should probably Google this okay I feel like we should probably do a 
But we do know, but anyway, Walter Plunkett, I mean, he's he's best known, and we should we, we will get better about talking mm-hmm. about the costume designers. That's really what we're here for, is the wonderful costumes. Yeah. And um, one of the reasons why we, we do love this movie is that the costumes are designed by Walter Plunkett, who was a amazing costume designer and best known for his work in Gone with the Wind, which were iconic costumes. Yes, and I feel like when you watch Seven Brides, you if you were to watch Gone with the Wind and then watch this movie, you could totally see because in some ways he's almost he's not doing the same era because you know, Gone with the Wind would be about fifteen years after what Seven Brides takes place in, but it's very similar. It's that similar like mid nineteenth century where everything was like um uh, sort of like what, the, what are called a round gown. So like um, this would have been pre-hoop skirt era when he did Gone with the Wind. They were all hoops, but right. these would have been the same shape dresses, but without the hoop skirt. Right, because it makes more sense for them to be out in a rugged wilderness without, right. they wouldn't without have, the hoop skirt. Right. It makes no sense. For and their it. dresses are like ankle length. Yeah, and that would have been pretty accurate, actually, to that time. Like I was reading a lot on like women in the Oregon Trail and stuff. and like It makes more sense. You're not you going to be able to trudging through the mud. Right, like and they did. Like, I mean, they, they walked alongside their wagons. They, they did Right yeah, in the wagon. And these were yeah. women. They they weren't down and dirty in the film, you definitely, but they were working. They were they showed them working so it made right. sense for them to have yeah. more of like functional gowns on them, sort of yeah. to be shorter and those sort of because it's right. like because the roads weren't paved, they didn't have the no, infrastructure it, it like they would gritty. have in places like <laughs> yeah. like Atlanta of the of that same era, because it would have been mm-hmm. like this was the eighteen fifty, gone with the women would have been eighteen eighty. So it's yeah. only not that far off, but it just makes sense for them to be wearing the same thing but also they didn't have the same infrastructure as like yeah. the south the you know the genteel south yeah and i think so that was like, done so well because yeah. they were first of all beautifully tailored like really yeah. fitted so well but you could tell in a lot of shots that even though it was made in the 50s and it was you know like yeah. you could tell they were wearing corsets underneath the skirts were cut very accurately to what would have been the 1850s. And, the shapes um, and the, I like that. The shapes, the shapes were great. The shapes more on the, the shoulders yeah. were like more 50s. It was almost like, like you had the fit, like it was, it was literally 1950s meets 1850s. You had that Christian Dior sort of top and that silhouette at the top. Yeah. And then it totally went into the bell skirt of like, but what was time. nice is you could tell that a lot of those skirts were definitely cut on straight grain too. Yes. There wasn't a lot of like, yeah. there wasn't a lot of frilling. There wasn't a lot no. of like, um, fabric manipulation. There was, there was and there of, wasn't a satin or a sequin in the yeah. full thing, and but the it was still looked amazing. Yeah, the patterning on those skirts was just straight up. Yes. Like it was just yards and yards of running fabric that was just gathered, and you yes. could tell that they just tailored it onto the waist because yeah. it was everything was straight grain. You yes. could tell just because the plaids were giving it away more than anything. Yep. which I thought was really, but everything really cool. was just beautifully pleated and yeah. and just everything had been and you could really tell because everybody's moving so much this yeah. is a very very physical film men and women both i mean there is so much moving and twirling and running up and down the stairs right. and lifting your skirts and and just every time they do a move or a turn these skirts would just move even though they're just calico and cotton mm-hmm. and made out of old quilts i mean we right. were even reading that um walter plunkett literally went to thrift stores at that time and bought a whole bunch of old quilts to make these, it which is, makes it delightful it and you can super see obvious. that yeah there yeah. was definitely there was like i think uh, the main character Millie June Powell was wearing definitely or Jane, Jane Powell. I keep calling her <laughs> um, So she was wearing. There's definitely like I think her end dress is like straight up like quilts. There's actually like a part mm-hmm. where the flounce around the collar. They actually like took the the 
you know how the, the quilt, the the quilts shape. have those like star, those like kind of like cross yeah. stars. And they, like, they actually like that. use those as like a detail, yeah. or almost like a trim in a way. And then she, they like centered the motifs like on the bodice and yeah. they centered them on the skirt. It was like, yeah. they took those quilts and they did some really great things. It was them. amazing. Like, and, and, then, and like you said, all in the straight grain, like you could almost see where the skirt, it was literally a quilt that they just beautifully yeah. pleated into a skirt. Or they probably, like, around yeah, it. they probably sectioned it off and like yeah. added fabric to make it more full but it, they definitely utilized every square yeah. inch of those quilts to like really give it that sort of like that homespun turn of the century vibe but also give it a quirkiness to it yes. too, which I thought was yeah. really cute but back to the barn raising scene that's when having the guys having them in those saturated colors and then having the girls in the saturated colors and then yes. all of the guy, all of the extras quote in air quotes around um, around were all in muted grays or muted earth tones yes. it gave yeah. the whole thing very much like a stage vibe it felt it ba- that scene felt was very made for the stage bananas and brilliant at the same yeah. time the choreography on it was crazy. Oh my god, like, amazing! Ridiculous. Because it was like it, it literally like it told a story from beginning to end, yeah. and it was you you saw it was like a battle of the boys. Yes, and these boys like you had the brothers and you had these other guys like who townies. were like the suitors, the, the town, yeah, the yeah. townies, and they're like battling it out for these girls while they're dancing. Yeah, and it's just amazing. And it was and it went on for a really long time with very little dialogue. Yeah, and it was like but all the dialogue was in the action which I thought yes. was really cool and the and the expression too because you literally saw the girls go from who are those guys to like I am in fucking love with this guy like yeah. you see that happen from right. like yeah. it, each one of them and that's I think in a way where it's like when you're watching this it, it feels in a way like erotic and exciting because you see these you know it's it's this like wow who is this guy and they're paying attention to me yeah. and then we're dancing with him and and like you you can just see how it's like slowly these rough brothers in these brightly colored shirts are like dancing with these girls and just, and you see, you can see the girls are so expressive about how they feel. And then of course, in the end, like, you know, and they're trying to be gentlemen, like trying not to fight. And what I find it so interesting, they, they're, it's ironic because at some point they're taking the high road while all the townies are trying to sabotage yeah. them and give them shit. I mean, they, so they raised, so basically it's big giant dancing. Yep. And it's barn raising. Barn time. raising. And raise then, barn. And then, so they're like literally doing manual labor. And then the townies are attacking the brothers with straight up hammers. And hammers. I'm like, there was like a finger smash. There was a hammer dropped on another dude, like literally slung on a dude's head. And I was like, you're going to kill somebody. Yep. <laughs> like you're going to kill, like your intention is to murder. This Which is, is in the end what like, the oldest brother, Adam Howard Keel is like, uh, these guys are going to murder you. Yeah. You guys like, cause they're like, well, we're trying to be gentlemen. He's like, you know what? Fuck that shit. And I think that's what you see a yeah. lot throughout the movie is like, Millie is giving them one message, and then their their bro is giving them another message, really and there's a lot of conflict. It's great, it, and it, it it does build the story, and it's yeah. also a little troubling. <laughs> but then in the end, like literally, a fight ensues so much that they bring the whole fucking barn down. Which is great, which yeah, is I mean, hilarious, like, and Millie is pissed off. Yeah, she but I love that they. Pissed. I think during the fight sequence, there's a couple of ta- a couple of cutaways where they cut to Millie, and she is giving the best stank face. Where I'm just like, oh my god, I need to scream her, at that. It is pretty. Her resting amazing. bitch face is priceless. She's just like, it's not even resting. Yeah. It is active. It's an active bitch face. I think they cut to her, and you can just <laughs> see it where it's just like her little pop up where she's like, "These motherfuckers." 
Oh, like, it's great. Re- embarrass me like this. She's like, uh, uh-uh, I got to. She's like, she's like, wait, wait till we get home. Oh, it's wait great. till we get home. <laughs> it's really great. Like seriously, Jane Powell. Like there's a couple moments she treats them like the children they are, yeah. and it is fucking. It feels real. Like <laughs> and it is good. <laughs> um. So basically, the whole thing is is that they end up going home, and then there's like a whole sequence where it's like. The winter winter has come and the boys are getting melancholy. Oh yeah, and that's when they do this weird like what was the what, the name of the song or something that to the effect of like lone like a oh uh, yeah cat or something yeah no, lots no. of polecat references there in that was song. and then um and there was a lot of like axe choreography it's it's actually kind of amazing it's like it's so it's six of the brothers and they're all outside and like. And there's, it's this wonderful thing of, like, they're all sort of singing on their own, but then, like, chopping wood and yeah. sawing wood. And, and then and one of them dances with an axe. And it's, like, straight up, like, like Jimmy, um, Jimmy Pesto Jr. style, like, modern dance yes. with an axe. And that, it's, like, yeah. swinging it around. And it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> You're like, what <laughs> really is? is. Like, what am I watching? Wait. Yeah. What? It's like he's definitely like working some issues. Yes, but I have to say they all looked really good. Like their costumes were kind of amazing. Like again, not very shiny, not not musically or calm. And and like there were actually times like when they're out in the cold, it feels cold. Like they're wearing things are appropriate. It's they are sort of almost trying to put some realness yeah, into the but, story as much as a musical again, can be. no hats. <laughs> no hats. And that's what we noticed. And no that's scarves actually, either. No, no hats scarves. or scarves. And that's what we yeah. really noticed. That we're like, like wait, hang on okay. a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this is this is probably part of the This is when we started noticing that there were two brothers who stood out to us as being super duper hot. <laughs> and that would be Mr. Benjamin, who's Jeff Richards. Uh, yeah. What the what? He and, was super hot. Yeah. And then Frank... Frankincense, who's Tommy Rawl, who actually, I did a quick Google search, he's also in Funny Girl, which I'm like, yes, oh. queen. Yeah. So, we'll get back to him. But okay. Anyway, so, well, but I think clear far and away, like, there's the Dark Horse, which was Benjamin, because he was, he had a lot less lines in the beginning okay. of the movie, and he was sort of like a Dark Horse, and, and near the end of the movie, I was just like, okay, okay. Yeah. I see, the I see you. I see you back there. A little like he had the super deep voice. Yeah. And he ended up with the one with the he did lead, have the best and hair. he yeah. ended up with Julie Newmont. Yeah. Which is he had the sweet like the Bob's big boy hair. Super big, super big, like, super it big pompadour. It was so good. Yeah. And like yeah, back to that song. I, I did write down uh, uh can't shoot no breeze well, with a bunch of trees. Yeah. Like that was kind of they they kept singing about like. Well, I can't, yeah. I can't enjoy this without someone around to talk to about it. And they're just, you really get the idea they're what was it? lonely and horny. Can't make <laughs> vows to some cows or something. Yep, can't like, make no vows to a bunch of cows. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, it's, it's a little the lyrics bit, are, it's a little bit like, little, you, know, you know, leaves a little bit to the imagination. But that being said, you're probably dealing with guys who can't read. Sheep, so, sheep, you know, sheep fucking. we're talking about sheep fucking. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a little backwoodsy <laughs> action. I mean, which is just, it, they the, are the imagination seven good looking Jindy guys who have literally lived in the woods their entire lives <laughs> and only know weird Bible shit from their mom who died and have never seen women before besides their mom. Yeah. Anyway, we, yeah. we'll go there because they didn't. <laughs> Anyhow, so basically the whole point of the whole 
the whole thing happens is basically that's when Adam, the um, Howard Teal, the oldest brother, comes in and it's like, well, why are you so fucking sad? And then they're like, we miss our ladies. And I think even um, June Powell, Jane Powell is the one who like says, oh, they're, she's sad because they, yeah. they don't have their ladies. Exactly. And that's when he's all like, well, if you want a wife, like yeah, I did. You just gotta go in there and get him. Just go <laughs> yeah. get him. Yeah. And he riles. Which is... They, the broing out in this fucking uh, movie is ridiculous. And, yeah. and there, no one can bro out more than Howard, the tallest one in the bunch. Because he's a big bro, and he just, he rallies the bros, and then they just, it's full bro out. But it's troubling, because it's like, if you want a wife, just go and get them. And that's, yes. it's, in this day and age, it's just tough. So, it's wait tough for it, folks. They literally grab a bunch of rope and blankets. <laughs> that's what I had. But they hop in their motherfucking carts. <laughs> that's the one thing that I was, horses. I had to definitely make note of where I was like, you're going to go get a woman and you need ropes. Yeah. It's like, guys, and, let's choices here. We need to like be, we need to be very careful. Right. And, oh, and it's the middle of the night and they oh literally go down or it's like late at night. They literally go down into the town with ropes and blankets. Oh my God. Somehow know where each and every one of these bitches live who they want. I'm assuming that there's probably some internet stalking going on during that sad time, downtime. Where they're just like, <laughs> where does she live? Let me check her Facebook page. Where does she, okay, now I know where she's at. Like, I just I, See, I was thinking, well, maybe they do like, maybe they're each individually without them each knowing, doing clandestine like like night visits. Sure, like, stalking them. sure why not? You know, why like peeping Tom. Yeah. You know, like like a George McFly in Back to the Future where you're just sitting up on a tree, like masturbating to some broad. Sure, yeah. So, you know, so they apparently know where each and every one of these chicks live, and they, Without, they yeah. go out and one by one find them, throw blankets over their heads, and rope them and take them back to their cart. Yeah, it's tough. Swear to fucking God. It is a tough scene to watch because you're just like, whoa. And God, they all, so and all the chicks are. Terrified. Terrified. They it are is. screaming. They are terrified. They are crying. It's upset. They don't know what the fuck is going on. Their so, family are like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And they go running out of the town. People are running after them. And then they go back up to their, you know, crazy compound. And there's like a pass that they need to go through where there's a huge mound of snow at the top of the mountain. Yes. Yeah, so. so all these chicks are screaming. And they're like, don't scream, don't scream. And they, they literally, and this is where it even add to the creepiness. Make sure they're super quiet and get across that pass real quickly. Then they let them scream and shoot their guns so that all the snow comes down and blocks the townspeople out. And they are literally blocked in until the snow melts. It's tough. They are trapped. It's tough stuff. It's oh, tough, fuck. tough stuff. So oh, fuck. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So it's basically like they're just being held hostage yep. by weather. Which is for until springtime. Yep. And in this time is when the ladies all start to realize that hey, maybe they actually are in love. Stockholm syndrome sets in. Well, like, it does. But but, it, but at first, like when she comes back, like they all bring them back, and like Millie comes out, and all these girls are just flock to her, and they're crying, and they're upset, yeah. and they're scared as shit. And she le legit has a look on her face, like, "What the fuck did you guys do?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, we got our women." And she's like, "You know what?" They're staying in the house. Y'all are staying in the barn. Y'all can go fuck yourself. <laughs> and then Howard Keel gets in her face, and she's like, bitch, I can't even look at you. I fell in love with you at first sight. I thought you liked me, but you just want a workhorse. And now you kidnap all these chicks? Fuck you. <laughs> and so he goes, well, fuck you. And he goes off into some, like, cabin in the woods, because they have another, like, a trapping cabin. Yeah. We don't even want to know what happens there, considering they've yeah. never seen women. But, like... 
And but then the other brothers they stay behind because they're just horny as fuck. They've got <laughs> six broads over there. We're kind of pissed at yeah. first. I don't. Uh, nobody blames them. Nobody blames them. It's a tough situation yeah. to be in. And, and they definitely make it feel like the winter is really long and very boring. Yeah. Because it just seems like they are singing month after month after month of like the winter. <laughs> the winter. And oh my God, is um, it going to be over? And then finally what it is. Um, oh, but in that time, they find out that Millie is pregnant. Yeah. And so... But it's like, oh, I'm pregnant, but then this dude that I, you know, like, I thought he liked me, but he's a huge douche, and now he's ran up into the woods. Yeah, so he just stays up into the woods He just stays up there. The for entire literally, the entire, yeah, the entire They're duration. thinking about their winter. They're hooking up, sort of, with the dudes. You not, know, they're like, yeah, not well, true. not like hooking up, but I mean, like, they're slowly they're, not angry at them. G-rated. Finding reasons to talk to them it's and courting. Courting is happening. G-rated. Yeah, it's G-rated. It's not, definitely not. It's definitely not. It's like Disney Channel. Yeah. You know, like, there's a lot of dancing. It's like Bollywood. It's like singing and dancing <laughs> and really cute outfits. Um, so then there was, um, the highlights of that was that there was a, the ladies are chilling in the, the boys' room. And there's a there's literally a weird scene where it's like an underwear party yes. where they're all in their corsets and bloomers and blouses yes. and they're all just talking. Which at one point was the boys' bedroom. Yes. Which Julie Newmar loves to point out. She's like, hmm, I think he used to lay in this bed. And they're yeah. like, you are she's scandalous. Straight up, scandalous. She's straight up. I was just like, well, <laughs> let's just. I also, that was the moment we realized it was Julie Newmar. Yeah, we're, we're like, like hold up. This is not like all the other girls. Yeah, but I just like that. I was literally just like that. Isolate that one clip where she literally like spooge it. She literally just like sploosh it out. Where she just like, I just want to know who slept in this bed. And I was like, and that was your audition for Catwoman. Exactly. And I was like, that one bit. I was like, oh my God. Catwoman. Fucking fabulous. So good. We also noticed that she is fucking tall as shit. Very tall. So tall against all the other girls. So tall that they pull out all the tricks. She's never close to the camera when all the other people are in frame. She's always in the back. She's always on the yep. bottom step. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the other girls But are then the she stairs. also ends up with one of the hottest boyfriends. Yeah, the hottest brother, and I was like, and the yeah. second tallest one like, next Ooh. to Howard Keel. Yeah, yeah, so there was definitely some fanning yourself moments when they were together. Yeah, they He's were pretty. Deep voice. Yeah, definitely like big broad shoulders. Shoulders out to here, smile that lit up in that hair. Yeah, and so she, uh, and then she had that pitch black. And she was gorgeous. Yeah, like not a lot of her, but there was. Not enough of her. And there were some really cute um, costumes, like, uh, that they even wore in, like, the scenes where they're singing in his wintertime. Mm-hmm. There's beautiful, yeah. like, again, these just very soft, like, bell-shaped skirts with these beautiful jackets with lots of peplums that were in plaids and wools. And there wasn't a satin or a sequin yeah. in this whole entire but there movie, was also but like, they were just gorgeous. There's really cute details, too, where there's a lot of, like, interesting collars and a lot mm-hmm. of, like, like, interesting, like... There was a couple of like um, shoulder trims. bits where yeah. it was like plaid on a. It was like a solid ground with like a plaid hit, and it was like really interesting. It was like he, the designer Walter Plugger, did a really great job of yeah. like making the costumes interesting without making them super ornate. Which I yeah, really, really there was like. a lot of fabric play and a lot of um, mix and match, and in a lot of ways, it really makes sense because if you think of someone like Millie. You get the idea she shows up in one dress. Yeah. Like, she's wearing her one blue, like, chambray dress, which even has that adorable, like, it's like a patchwork patch, like, yeah. but it's quilty. It's a like a quilty shape. Quilts. Yeah, a reference to quilt. And then, but you get the idea that's, like, one of her only dresses. And then, like, as the months go on, 
even these, they're all yeah. stuck up, and, and, you know, you get the idea they're there for months, and, like, they start wearing more and more quilts as clothes, and I yeah. just think that kind of would make sense, because it's like, well, if you live in the middle of nowhere, and you don't have any fabric, yeah. you'd be piecing things together to make something adorable. And there was this and one skirt that she wore, she wore, like, a white blouse with this skirt that was, like, crazy quilt, it was, like, a crazy yes. quilt skirt at one point, and I think it was actually right before the guys go and take off and, like, capture their ladies, yes. but she's wearing this full skirt, and it's all crazy quilt, but it's all like very beautiful colors work together like it was very yeah. hot the, the designer was very cognizant about the colors he was using it was a lot of black mm-hmm. and but also a lot of like dark browns and then reds and yellows yeah. it was like very thought out but it was like all kind of random cut like pieces it was so pretty it, it was, was like, i it mean was if you really, think about it it was, it was almost like, like combining of the families of like the men and like it, yeah. you almost thought like she probably took all these little bits of fabric that were yeah, laying around the, the house and made yeah. this skirt and you could almost you could just have that feel about it there was a lot of you can feel the thought and the deliberateness that went into the costume design, which just made it, yeah. you know, and even though they weren't like super sparkly, they stood out. They, a, they told and, yeah. the story and it was just wonderful how they harmonized together. There's a lot of interest in them too. So when spring mm-hmm. finally happened, that's when the costumes on the ladies actually started getting more interesting. A lot they more were cute. Like pink plaids ended up coming back. Oh in. my there gosh. Was one, yes. There was a couple of there was a couple of like quilt dresses. One girl had the skirt had like the pinwheel, like that like oh, vintage well, pinwheel. Well, no, no, you know quilt. what those were? That was my favorite one. So the one that had it was like the large red and white gingham bodice. It was like a large print gingham, and then the skirt was white, but then it had these matching like red and white gingham bows that had been applicated well, there, all around well, the skirt. Was oh, my there oh, was my one. Oh, my God. But then there was this other one that was like a pink story. Her dress yes. was like a pink story, yeah. and the skirt had like literally like – it was like all pink, but it had these squares where it was like inset, but it was like the, those – that like kind of like country-style pinwheel like yeah. motif. Yeah. And they were like – there was like eight or ten around the skirt, so it was like definitely like quilted style. Yeah. But it was like all like very coordinated. It was like all very thought out. It was not like sort of like a random hodgepodge. Yeah, it was, like it was really very in that way like beautiful. a musical costume. Yeah, which was it was just so beautiful, yeah. like really really cute. And then know? Millie's final gown as well, which we had already talked about, had yeah. those motifs where it was like the white grounded quilted with the, like the stuff like the vintage star, like mm-hmm. it was in like browns and reds and golds. But it was like a really super gorgeous. And yeah, was really super pretty. Yeah, like very 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 pleasing that dress. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So. That's pretty yeah, so, much the end of the story is, is that the guys... The, oh, the oh, but then Millie goes to have a baby, like it's right, time, yeah. and then they're all dancing around and enjoying, and you just, even if by that point, you're just like, fuck yeah, the snow is gone. Like, you can, you can feel like how excited they are, and then all of a sudden, Millie's going to have her baby, and that's when you really see, and I was pretty impressed, these girls running up and down the stairs in those skirts, and, yeah. and like, Millie has her baby, and then, um, um, Russ... Is it Russ Hamlin, I think? You're the youngest one. He goes, um, one of the younger brothers goes up to the creepy um, cabin. To, yeah, and, to go um, get the brother. The yeah. oldest brother. And, so and, and, he's, and he's like, you know, he's like, well, you should come down. You know, she's had a baby. And he's like, whatever. And he's like, it was awesome because he was like, you know what? You're a fucking douche. <laughs> you're a real douche. I don't care if you're my big brother. I don't care if you can kick, kiss, you know, you can kick my ass. You're a douche. Yeah. Like, this person had a baby. She's really cool. We've been living down there this whole time without you. Fuck you. And he rides off. Yeah. And then in the end, the guy comes down, and it was, again, the, the misogyny is just <laughs> crazy. But then there's, like, a couple of moments in there where they, it's weirdly redeeming because then, like, 
you know, Adam Howard Keel's character comes down and then he like meets his daughter. Oh my God, he's got a daughter. <laughs> but then he instantly like, he even says that he makes this connection. He's like, I can't imagine someone coming down and taking my daughter for themselves. Right. So he made the connection he, that what they the, did getting, was the, wrong, getting the bride exactly. was the way that they went about it was not the best way yeah. to do it. So yeah. he had the moment of remorse and then it was yeah. just in time because the snap pass had just melted. Yes. And, and all the townspeople so, were coming up to get their daughters, yeah. but then the daughters don't want to leave. And it was one of those classic Hollywood sort of hijinks things where they're running around. The brothers are trying to take him back. They don't want to go. No. Then the dads come and they see the guys wrestling with their daughters and they think that there's some shenanigans, <laughs> shenanigans going it's on. Very untoward. And it's very awkward. And they all seem a little rapey. Where it was like, right? it's just like the guy. It was just. And and somehow there's a, a priest there and the priest hears Millie's baby crying. And he's like, oh, shit, these bitches have had babies. Yeah. What? And then in the end, when they get them all corralled, the priest is like, wait, wait, wait. I heard a baby cry. Whose baby is that? And then all of a sudden, you see all the chicks collectively think of this brilliant idea at the same time. Okay. And they turn around and go, mine. <laughs> and then next, you can cut to a shotgun wedding. They all get married in the end. <laughs> That's and yeah. literally how it ends. Yeah, with a shotgun, shotgun motherfucking wedding. Which is, you know. Every girl's dream. <laughs> um, but yeah. it was so, interesting. It was pretty fun. Again, it's, I just, you know, it was made in the early 50s where, again, I just have to highlight, like, that was a time of, like, that post-war marriage fever. It was like yeah. that was, and, and that sort of, this movie captured that positivity. Exactly. Very. Optimism. Also, there was a huge huge revival for sort of all things Western and sort of old yeah. West and pioneer and like so the just rediscovering of America. Yeah. So it really captured a lot of that. There's a couple of things that we kind of glossed over a little bit, which I want to like go back and like point out. There was mm-hmm. Howard Keel's first costume when he came in straight up Daniel Boone. Oh, like, totally. All ball buckskin suede. popular at that time. All I'm surprised fringe. he had a yeah. cap, really. But I was like looking at it and I was like, it's so fitted how the fuck did he get into that? Because there right. is like zero way for him to enter That's that garment. That's called full plunking. Yeah, I was like, you know, <laughs> there's like, I was like, I was like, I like, I like, I know there's invisible zippers all over that thing. And he's not, <laughs> Rust Hill would probably, or not Rust Hill, but Howard Keel probably looked at that garment. It's like, how the hell am I getting in and out of this thing? It's, it's so, yeah. that that shirt was yeah. so fitted on his physique. I was just like, there's got to be three zippers on that yeah. Um, Which I thought was hilarious. So I was like very, like that fringe, I was like straight up. It's like, it's like yeah. Daniel Boone realness. He is serving it up. <laughs> so it was it was really good. Was there any other clown <coughs> costumes that you felt that needed highlighting in this? Um... Well, just that I think that I think they did a really good job with the extras and um, even sort of the older folks in the extras. Like there was the sort of the the merchant, the merchant and his wife, like the older lady. She had these really, really great like um, like a like sort of brown calico like outfits. But in general, I thought that I thought that they did a really good job. Like you could just tell Walter Plunkett was having a lot of fun doing these costumes because I think that. I really got to focus on the tailoring and like in the fitting and just sort of telling like the storytelling through the costumes without having to feel like it had to be. And I don't, and I don't mean this in any way, a bad way to like, but not having to focus on the glamor, but sort of more of like the storytelling through like sort of a different lens, but it was still very glamorous. They were still really beautiful and really sweet. 
It was and definitely the Pacific Northwest through a yeah, Hollywood yeah. vibe. Yeah, through the Hollywood lens, because it was definitely like there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of like distressing garments. There wasn't a lot of like making them look like they've been yeah. tilling the soil as much. But as, there like, was a would, little bit of distressing, bit, like Howard Teal at first. Yeah. It, it, he does look a little grungy, and there's like the quintessential like smudging on the faces. Yeah, I'm but this, not what you people would, uh, can see me doing this. Right, but face. not as much as you would expect. <laughs> Like to see yeah. like a current day movie. Right. Like it's definitely yeah. like it's definitely like let's there wasn't a lot of like effort to try and make them look authentic, but yeah. it was definitely like it did they got the point across, which I thought yeah. was really well. That they didn't like put them in full scale like glamorous gowns for the, yeah. the middle of the woods and those sort of things. Which yeah, and, and you know, that nice was also touch. great too, like of all these sort of tales that are told at that time, there wasn't like the whole like um, the whore that has to martyr herself. There wasn't right. like a saloon girl or a madam or somebody who's like wearing a corset on the outside and like, but has to be the fallen woman who has yeah. to die at the end. Nobody had to die. Everything <laughs> was like, and I think that was what was really great. Nobody no, had yeah, like, it, there were some parts that I think through modern eyes could be a so, little okay. Like that's full on Stockholm syndrome. That's what we, we have a definition for these things yeah. now: kidnapping, Stockholm syndrome. The little tough to watch. There's moments. Where yeah. It's tough to watch through these movies, so you have to kind of take them with a grain of salt. So yeah. That's, but that's when you you watch these old movies, you kind of have to do. Yeah. But there's it's good. It's it's a good visual feast. And, yeah. And from what I read, read that they didn't actually have as much of a budget as other films at that time. So I think that they did a pretty good job. And I, I think, think that's that fantastic. It was very, it that was makes like, it even better. And it was a, a it was a success at the box office, which kind of like kind of was like a no you know. It's like a sneaker sort of hit thing. in a way, yeah. yeah. It was like they, it was like a cheap, it was a cheap one that they put out, not expecting to make a ton of money, but they totally ended up doing. Yeah. Like, well, didn't you mention others. like Brigadoon came out at right. the same time? I think that the I read, I read that the studio was making Brigadoon and they were siphoning enough funds from this movie to make Brigadoon better, and they thought that because they felt that that was where they were going to put all their chips to say that right. this was the big one that we're going to make a ton of money on, but it ended up being that Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. The audience connected more with it. With it, it totally makes sense though. So if you think about yeah, what was going yeah. on at the time, the climate of the time, like this couldn't have happened. It was like right place, right time. Yeah. Like I think and Oklahoma I, and all those yeah. kind of came out around that. I never, time as well. I, I haven't seen Brigadoon yet, so I actually I'm gonna hold judgment on that, but I would do want to see. It. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's got centuries and Gene Kelly. Well, I mean, and they dance together. Duh, I mean, He's always said uh, that was his favorite dance partner ever. Well, I mean, yeah. we'll have we'll definitely get to that. Okay, but I mean, it's one of those where. Um, we'll get to it, but I, I'm 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 interested. So yeah. I think that well, and that's Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I I do recommend watching it, especially if you are a fan of Walter Plunkett and the costumes he did in Gone with the Wind. I feel like they, in some way, they do have a similar vibe. And um, yeah, if you're a fan of his costuming style, it's just it's right up there. It's a lot of storytelling through costuming, and it's wonderful. Hmm. So um, as always. <laughs> There's going to be a shameless plug coming up. Um, as always, we want to encourage you guys to connect with us on social media. Old Hollywood Realness on Facebook. Very easy to find. At Old Hollywood Realness on Instagram. At OHR Podcast on Twitter. And also, we need to give a huge thanks to Hal Loveland for generously lending his vocal yes. talents to our podcast. Oh, yeah. He's so much. amazing. <laughs> we're, just, we're just sending him love for hey, giving. Thanks, Hal. For- <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Until <laughs> next time. Stay golden. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I think I had a stroke. <laughs> I'm leaving that part in. <laughs> <laughs>